0: Welcome to the Live Clearly podcast. In this podcast, we focus on wealth strategies that help you build your financial potential and live a healthy, extraordinary life. We discuss the power of living with clarity, pursuing possibilities, and creating a clear financial roadmap. Now, onto the show with your Live Clearly enthusiast, Rebecca Noven Cannon.
1: Hello, and welcome to Live Clearly with Rebecca Noven Cannon. Today is Rebecca's inaugural podcast, meaning this is the first one, and I get to ask her a bunch of questions to give the audience, to give you listeners, a taste of who she is, what she does, and, and what she's all about. The first half of this podcast is questions about business, kind of how she got started and a little bit of history, and then the second half, which is my personal favorite, are more personal questions, kind of getting to know her personality and what she does in her off time. Good morning, Rebecca. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? Doing great. Are you excited? I am. Me too. All right. Uh, Like I said, I'm just going to start in with the questions. And the the first one is a little bit about your history. Why did you decide to work in financial services?
2: So I think that the clearest answer is that I, I wound up in financial services, perhaps by accident. My dad was in the financial services industry. In the late 70s, he opened his own shop here in New Jersey. And he he hung a shingle outside, literally. And he quickly became the man. And and I know many daughters think their father is (laughs) the man. But he came from very humble beginnings. And he he had an instinct about business, for sure. And he became the go-to guy in the community for everything from real estate to banking. He founded a commercial bank in Bergen County. He developed a ton of real estate bought and sold real estate, et cetera. And he, mm-hmm. he operated a very successful financial services firm. And growing up, I was aware that he was a financial guy and a real estate guy, but I wasn't really clear on what he did embarrassingly enough. But at home as a child, it was almost just sport when we would talk about money. You know, many mm-hmm. people sit around the dinner table to talk about politics, but we would sit around the dinner table and he would talk about loan amortizations and velocity of money and avoiding estate tax and, you know, really exciting things as a kid. (laughs) But to us, it was, it was cool. And the more we talked about the velocity of money, keeping money in motion, I didn't realize it at the time, but it had a tremendous impact upon me. Mm -hmm. I grew up, went to college. I had a brother who was ahead of me a few years and he was in law school. And I decided I didn't know what to do. Might as well go to law school like my brother. So I did. And I graduated law school in Manhattan, went to work for a firm downtown that specialized in uh, negligence, and practiced for a couple of years, and I was absolutely miserable. Mm. It was intellectually challenging, but in hindsight, I realized that the legal profession i was I was invested in didn't have that business savvy component to it that I grew up with. So after a couple of years of practicing, I uh, made a call to my dad. I said, hi, I, I want to join the firm. At the time, he he had perhaps 25 to 30 advisors working for him, and he kind of scoffed at me, and he said, work for me. I, j- I just paid for law school. What are you, crazy? <laughs> but it, it took it took a, t- a little bit of time, but I won him over, and uh, the rest is history. That was about 19 years ago.
1: Wow, that's awesome. I, I think any father wants to be known as the man by their daughter. I've got a daughter, and <laughs> that would be high accolade. so that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So who do you work with and what is your specialty?
2: So I primarily work with business owners, high net worth individuals, uh, a lot of professional women. Uh, One one trait that I'm particularly attracted to in people is people that have an open mind and a desire to learn, Mm. learn more, you know, be intellectually stimulated.
1: Gotcha. All right. What do you do for your clients then?
2: So, so we are, I am in the wealth advisory business, but not the way you generally think of it. I help people make wealth decisions based upon facts, not opinions. So when you're helping people make financial decisions based upon scientific evidence, we stress test what they're doing currently. And we compare, well, what are you doing currently versus what could you be doing? What other options are they, are there out there? And how does that compare to what you're currently doing? Mm. Um, we look at the rules that people are using to have a successful financial life. Uh, we put their current finances on, on a financial model or a blueprint and we abide by rules and we use a simulator to stress test all the outcomes. And then I continue to coach them through their life to, to stay on path and stay on track because as we know, life doesn't often go the way we have it built in our minds.
1: hmm Yes. Or on
2: paper, so to speak.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree one hundred percent. Now you gave us a snapshot of the the clients that you enjoy working with, but who is your ideal client?
2: It's pretty simple. My ideal client um, are people that want to be the best that they can be in all areas of their life.
1: Well, that is simple. that that was quick. So how do you find these new clients?
2: Um, you know, heretofore, all my recommendations and introductions have been from existing clients and other professionals. Uh, in the financial world, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, and the legal world, I have, I have many connections to attorneys. And secondly, in the community in which I live and work, I'm often approached, but I, you know, I find them through through primarily introductions.
1: Yeah, so through existing relationships, it sounds like exactly fantastic. Now the the biggest thing that i think is facing the the financial services industry or one of the biggest things is all the talk in the media all the hype all the gloom and doom sometimes or over excitement and you just get bombarded with all sorts of things so i know that you as a a person who appreciates intellectuals and appreciates people who are seeking that kind of lifestyle what kind of education do you do for your clients so
2: everything it's a great question everything is about education and verification and if we're not stress testing what we're actually doing, how do we have a measure as to how good it could be or how good it really is? And and unfortunately, people tend to look at things from a one-dimensional view, right? So they just look at the internal rate of return. And I believe that the financial industry, they love that people look at things from from just one rate of return, meaning the internal rate of return. Mm-hmm. But when we look at our economy as a whole, we have more than just an internal rate of return, right? Yep. There's an external rate of return, what you put in versus what comes out. That's an external rate of return, right? We also have something called an eternal rate of return. So when we take a step back and we look at both the external and eternal rate of return on our dollars and on our economy, we have a, a totally different perspective mm-hmm. about how we are achieving our goals. Mm-hmm. If you think about, Fractional reserve banking, right? Um, it's a common practice by commercial banks and they accept deposits and they make loans. Only a fraction of the bank deposits, though, are backed by actual cash. So, so, what does that mean? That means that the bank can take a dollar in and loan out 90% of it. So, if they're paying us a very low interest rate on the cash that they hold, yet they're charging a high rate of interest. On the cash that they loan out, they're getting an external rate of return on their money. And when you multiply that by nine times, right, if they only have to hold reserves of 10%, mm-hmm. that that is an external rate of return. That's velocity of money. So with my clients, we're often talking about concepts like that that allow us to see the bigger picture, not just, hey, what did your portfolio do this year?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There's more important things for sure. So I know you can't do this all by yourself. So who is on your team and what do they do?
2: So I have two team members currently and Diane who's with my father originally from the get go. She really just runs operations here for me and uh, she opens all new accounts. She manages relationships and uh, she she keeps all information, the best record keeper ever. Nice. And then <laughs> thank goodness, right. Yeah. And then there's Lauren who is amazing. and she does all new client onboarding. She's in charge of all of our clients' websites and a host of many other things. Now they're both cross-trained so that they have experience in more than just their areas because I find that very important if one's not here, mm-hmm. right. How do you make sure that everything is still running efficiently and effectively?
1: Absolutely. Everybody needs a day off, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what do you do in your community?
2: So nationally, I am involved with a foundation that's known as One Love Foundation, and it's really an educational movement amongst young adults. Yardley Love, you may have heard of her. She was a student at University of Virginia. She was a cross player that was unfortunately killed by Mm. an ex-boyfriend and the whole point of one love is that her death was completely avoidable if people in her life had truly seen and understood the unhealthy and dangerous relationship behaviors Mm -hmm. that existed but weren't pointed out so it's it's about educating our young adults So teenagers, college students, and hopefully soon even middle schoolers and elementary schoolers, what love is and what love isn't, and how to identify amongst our friends, right, as teens, how do you identify what's healthy behavior and unhealthy, and what do you do when you start to identify that behavior? So I'm very involved in One Love. I created a foundation in my father's name when he passed, and some of the community outreach we do is for New Jersey Battered Women. Uh, something called Grow Green, which is a local sustainable farm movement here in Morris County. Mm-hmm. The Valerie Fund, which, you know, is, is um, for young children that are afflicted with different blood disorders. NYU Faces, uh, which is all about finding a cure for epilepsy. The community sip, soup kitchen, excuse me, in Marstown. St. Jude's, everybody yeah. knows. And yeah. my local uh, temple, as well as different environmental foundations.
1: Fantastic. So changing gears a little bit, what designations or advanced education do you personally have?
2: So I obviously am still, um, I have my JD, my Juris Doctorate. Um, I'm in the process of getting something called a CEXP, which is uh, advanced exit planning. That's about it.
1: All right. And the last question for this section is a big one. You ready? Yes. What is your financial philosophy?
2: My philosophy is that everyone thinks that they know what financial advisors do. You know, often people hang up signs, they're in business. I'm a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. But I think that, un- unfortunately, in our society, a lot of it is product-driven. It's, it's essentially people purchasing products for a perceived purpose But what winds up happening is they have what we call junk drawer financial planning, Mm -hmm. right? They have all these different products. They have no idea how they go together. They think they remember why they bought them, but they're not sure. And they have no idea how they integrate or coordinate in their lives. So here at our firm, we focus on the process, not the products, right? My son plays basketball. He's he's young, but he plays basketball. And if I want to help him improve his, his free throws, Am I going to go to Dick's and just buy him the best sneakers that I can possibly buy him? Or am I going to go get him lessons with someone like S- uh, Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. right? The, the latter, the process. It's it's learning how to, how to throw the ball. And and the same is true in learning about your money. It's the process. It's that velocity. It's the not just the internal. It's the external, eternal rate of return.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. We are going to start this second section, which is more of the personal question. So... I'm I'm excited. This is this is my fun part. So when you're not working, Rebecca, what do you do for fun?
2: <laughs> um, so I hang out with my kids when when they're willing to hang out with me these days. <laughs> <laughs> and I I have been practicing Pilates, classical Pilates, for about ten years now. I also do a decent amount of weight training, a couple times a week, and we cook a lot at home. Um, very interested in food, the food that we put into our bodies what form it came from, how clean it is, mm-hmm. you know, the ratio of protein in it to fat to uh carbohydrates. Yeah. Yeah. So so I yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, that's important. It's absolutely food and important. exercise. Yeah, absolutely. All right. If you had all the money in the world, Rebecca, what would you do?
2: All the money in the world, I think that um I would most likely work to help others have a better life. And I'm not sure in what capacity, but just in in any capacity i could so people that are less fortunate and uh, or were sick or looking for comfort uh, i would work to to help others i believe i believe in the 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 philosophy of mitzvah right giving back to, mm-hmm. to others just for the sake of giving back
1: yeah that's beautiful that's a beautiful statement who is your favorite person in history and why
2: that's a tough question i had i, I can't say that i can pick one person in history and I'm sure I'm leaving a ton out, but I'd say that Harriet Tubman, right? How could you not Mm. respect her? She was a fugitive slave, right? Underground railroad conductor, abolitionist, a spy, a soldier. Uh, She was a nurse. She was known for her work with the Underground Railroad, of course. She served in the Civil War and uh, she was a huge advocate, of course, for civil rights and, and women's suffrage. And then less known People, I always find the bravery of those individuals that helped out during the Holocaust to be amazing. Mm. Mm. Because in a time of just just no hope, they gave hope to people. Yeah. So there was a, a I'm totally going to ruin their names, but Carl Lutz, he was a Swiss diplomat in Hungary. And he was a strict Methodist, but he issued thousands and thousands of documents, about 60,000, I think, Jews he saved, uh, allowed them to flee Hungary. And then there was a, a Van Holst, who was a Dutch teacher, and he too saved hundreds of Jewish children during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands. So people that make a difference, I'd say I'd, I'd, um, I'd aspire to be like.
1: Yeah, the ones that step up when nobody else is, or very few are.
2: Yeah. They're doing the uncommon when everyone else is, is, is not right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Rebecca, what is your idea of success?
2: Hmm. So I'm not easily satisfied, which is a problem I'm realizing, Hmm. (laughs) but um, personally uh, success means that I, I, I hope that one day I will say, yes, my three children are well adjusted. They're fulfilled kind adults that are serving society and professionally I'd say that I want to continue to fulfill my responsibility to people and help them achieve success, right? Because we have to avoid failure at all costs. Mm. And, and, and professionally, I think that's a problem in this country because they're, to your point before, there's so much information. And people need to know the truth and they need to really be able to verify what they're doing versus what's being marketed to them.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a tough tough situation to be in because we don't know what we don't know. Right. I and mean, that's, that's one of the issues. So I, I think that that's absolutely right. All right. And this, this next question can be anything. What is one thing you recommend to most clients, families, or friends? And we're talking, it could be books. It could be type of pizzas. It could be whatever. What's the one thing you recommend most?
2: The one thing I recommend most is that people adopt an uncommon mindset to become an uncommon thinker. Um, and that may be through certain books, right? I definitely have books that I recommend to clients. But, you know, if you think about it, 90% of the population controls 10% of the wealth. Mm-hmm. Yep. 10% of the population controls 90% of the wealth. Right. Yep. So that 10% that controls 90% of the wealth, do you think they are common thinkers or uncommon thinkers?
1: Yeah, pretty uncommon.
2: <laughs> right? So i, I that, that's my goal. Let's get everybody on that path.
1: All right. That's 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 admirable. All right, and this is my favorite question. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is my absolute favorite one. Name one thing that most people don't know about you.
2: Hmm. Um, we compost at home. How about
1: that? Oh, come on, really? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we do. I'm okay. an environmentalist at heart.
1: That's good. Well, uh, I'm not. I'm not bashing composting. I have a compost barrel out outside <laughs> in outside my backyard as well. Uh,
2: but I live in New Jersey. mm Hmm. And I don't. I, it's not as common, I'd say here.
1: All right, so it's but definitely you, uncommon. <laughs> so, what do you do with the compost? You have a garden as well, I assume. Yes. Yeah, nice.
2: Yes. What,
1: what's your favorite thing to grow?
2: So my kids like the peppers. I like cucumbers. Nice. Um, but lots of herbs. So many herbs.
1: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. There's and nothing. My,
2: my husband, my husband has a restaurant, so we we cheat a little bit in that. You know, they also have a garden there. <laughs> mm. So um, yeah, if, if our Vegetables aren't turning out pristine, we always have, have something to fall back on. You've got a backup. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I love fresh herbs. Oh, and and just having it right there to be able to pick and use right then. That's that is awesome.
2: It's yes, agreed.
1: All right, Rebecca, what is your mantra, motto, or something that you say to yourself to keep yourself focused and on track?
2: Two come to mind. One is, and I don't know who said it, um, but I do have this magnet on my refrigerator at home. And it is rule your mind or it will rule you. Hmm. Hmm. And the second is don't let yesterday use up too much of today.
1: Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. I think that everybody struggles with that at certain points of their life where they're dwelling on the past, either long ago or just something that happened yesterday. And uh, there's nothing you can do to change it. So it's something to change for the Love future. Live the
2: present. Yep.
1: Yep. Absolutely. All right, Rebecca, what is your proudest achievement?
2: My children, for sure. Even, even, even though they're so difficult, they're definitely my proudest achievement.
1: <laughs> and you've got three of them, right?
2: I do. Oh, that's,
1: that's fun. That's a yeah. lot of fun.
2: They used to be fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, now there's a lot more now as they get older. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now they're teenagers. <laughs> right. There's a lot more there.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: that's fun. All right. Rebecca, we are at our last question. You have the attention of a lot of people. This podcast is brand new, but it's going to gain an audience quickly. What can we look forward to in upcoming podcasts?
2: So we are going to focus on how people can gain a better understanding of how money really works. Mm -hmm. People that are interested in looking at the uncommon viewpoint that I've talked about a bit. Mm -hmm. And because we're flooded with so much information from financial institutions, people that want to seek the truth, I think will enjoy this podcast. And then I look forward to interviewing guests, both in the financial and we'll say health marketplaces, to help us live better lives. Right. So, from a financial perspective, lots of financial guests, whether they're CPAs and specialists in other areas. And then from the health perspective, how we reduce stress and how that all plays into our overall well being and our economies, really, personal economies.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, I hope that in a uh, future podcast way down the road that we'll get a chance to meet your husband and he can share some recipes with us. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm sure he'd be very happy
1: to. <laughs> well, it sounds sounds great to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the podcast. Thank you so much for answering the questions today. Thank you. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Live Clearly podcast with Rebecca Novin Cannon. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, which I know you haven't, because this is the very first one, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Rebecca comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Novan Cannon Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Live Clearly Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Rebecca Novin Cannon is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. PAS, OSJ, 52 Forest Avenue, Paramus, New Jersey, 07652, 201 843-7700. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. Guardian. New York, New York. PAS is an indirect, wholly owned, subsidiary of Guardian. Novin Cannon Financial Group LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Noven Cannon Financial Group. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Noven Cannon Financial Group, LLC. And opinions stated are their own. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. The living balance sheet, LBS, and the LBS logo are service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. Guardian, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2019. Guardian
1: 2019-78851. Internal rate of return refers to the internal rate of return inside any investment. External rate of return refers to the overall return an investment creates in your economy when you take into account taxes and inflation. External rate of return speaks to the legacy you leave behind.